I really wish I wasn't so polite because I would really just like to just say all those actual things. You're not always polite. Beth learn. Rude. Okay. Welcome to Fit to Be Radio. Slip on your minimal sneakers, notch your headphones into your ears, tuck your smartphone into your pocket, and take us along for a walk while we talk. Or just grab a cup of your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch a bit while we bring you all things fitness, core, and diastases recti related. <laughs> wow. What do we call this, Beth? Fit to be radio. <laughs> right. uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Fit to be Radio. My name is Chris Banky, and I'm here with Beth Learn. She is the founder of Fit to be Studio. She is also a super health guru, a fitness professional, certified fitness expert. She's also a very passionate walker, race walker, competition, like, I don't think she's like got official sponsors. Actually, yeah, she's even got real sponsors sometimes. She loves doing these race events. So we want to talk on this podcast today about race walking and walking. Beth's yeah. favorite thing or one of them. I have a lot of favorite fitness activities, but I have really come to enjoy race walking. Why is that? Because to some people that are listening to this, they're going to say, a, I didn't know race walking was a thing. And B, are you kidding me? So what do you say yeah. to those people? I'm not kidding. Okay, <laughs> right off, I'm going to say that I discovered several years ago after race walking for a while that you can burn more calories race walking than you can jogging. And that really cemented it for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sold. You don't even need to say anything more. Um, I started doing the Portland to Coast Relay Race about... 12 years ago and I've completed it 10 times with a really great team that has become competitive because we started placing and that was really exciting because yeah. once you start placing, then they, you, you get more goodies and yeah. uh, you get more attention and that's always fun. And our business fit to be has sponsored my team and our team has also grabbed other people to sponsor us, which is really cool, you know, cause then that helps pay for things like shirts and vans and shoes and snacks and gas and all that. And Chris and I, we've, we've done a, a team ourselves. We did the fit to be race walking team for the Cascade Lakes relay. That's in central Oregon. Yep. yep. So we did an eight person team and that was a long, hot, sticky, adventurous race. Yes. So I, I just, I enjoy relay racing. I, I love the length of the miles. I love the rotation of the teammates. I love the, even though it's stinky, I love the van with the people for at least 24 hours and just the conversations that happen. Mm. I love that walking doesn't strain my body. It is something I have, I can do all year long. It's not super high impact. It just feels good. Yeah. It, it is great for my body. It's, it's, it's good for you. Like all the benefits of running without running. And yeah. as we already discussed in the episode, I'm just really not a runner. Yeah. You're really not a runner. And it comes out when you start talking about walking. <laughs> it's good because walking is really good for you. And walking is something that almost everyone can do and probably should do. Yep. So you've talked about walking, um, race walking and relays a whole bunch in the first like one minute here. So let's, let's break some of this down a little bit. So there is walking and then there's race walking. And then I actually want to talk first about these relays. Cause you mentioned those a whole bunch. Um, so let's talk about it. let's so let's talk about Portland and Coast. Portland and Coast is part of 
a, a massive relay called Hood to Coast, which is na- nicknamed the mother of all relays. And if you if you've never heard about this and you're listening to it, look it up and just watch some of the videos and look at some of the information out there. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But Beth, quite a bit. Beth, Beth, talk about your specific experience with this thing, Portland to Coast, and, and help people that don't know, like what when you say relay, like they don't know, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Okay. So my very first year that I did Portland to coast, it was a 12 person team, two vans of six people each doing 24 different legs of the race. So each of us had two legs, 12 divided or 24 divided by 12 is two. And you know, you walk our leg, everybody in the van takes a turn. Then we go hang out in a field and let the other van do their thing. And then they meet us in the field and then we go and we pass a baton Okay. And you go so how many the- miles the team? How many miles is the team doing? Um, so the mileage is right around 130 total so the, miles. The team together is going 130 miles with two vans and there's a baton. Yep. And literally one person's walking and they're out there booking it. They got the baton and the van is like sometimes following right behind at a walk speed. Sometimes uh-huh. going ahead, sometimes going behind. Right? Uh-huh. Crazy. Yes. For 130 and miles all through the middle of the night. Yes. You don't sleep. No. Or maybe you try, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and each person is doing two times with the baton, two legs. And how mm-hmm. long is that? Well, it depends on which legs you have. Like some of the legs are as short as three-ish miles. Other legs are... 7.8 point miles. So the last several years, my competitive team has been an eight person team, which means that we all have three legs. And this last year, my legs totaled just under 20 miles. So I had three different legs and one of them was like, I can't math right now, but it was like just under four miles. And then another one was over eight and another <laughs> one was almost eight. Right. And and so you're doing some of these in the day, some of these in the night, some of these literally like two in the morning in the middle of nowhere on a gravel road by yourself with headlights shining on you. Yes. They have us wear all kinds of reflective gear. You can be disqualified if you don't have the exact right things on you blinking at all times at night. I mean, you look like a Christmas tree out there walking, (laughs) um, which is good. And, you know, a lot of us also carry whistles and um, weapons are not permitted, sadly, because uh, <laughs> sometimes you feel like you might need them. And, you know, usually your van is is not very far off and there's other teams going by you and everybody's always watching out for people. So it is very, very safe. Um, there, you know, there's been some incidences. There was somebody throwing nails in the road, giving some of the vans flat tires last year. That yeah. was not fun. Ours- so, okay. So let me recap. You walk in like 20 miles or so for this particular relay, uh-huh. uphills, downhills, gravel, middle of the night, middle of the day, middle of nowhere, with tons of people in a crowd, away from everyone, in a city, in the nature. Why would you do this? <laughs> uh, because it is weirdly fun. And you're with people, you know, like I have this awesome team of women. We usually yeah. have maybe one new person join us each year. And it's a great time and it's, we catch up with each other. We discuss things. We encourage, we ring cowbell. I have a set of fake teeth. So if I'm driving the van, I'll put the fake teeth in and lean out the window and say, Hey baby, <laughs> to other walkers wow. going through. We have whoopee cushions. Um, it's just, it, you know, you just have a great time. 
So you make it fun, but I happen to know that team you're on is not only about fun. No. Moving. They are moving. Yes. Our fastest person, um, when she's really cooking, can do about 10 minute, 40 second per mile pace. Now, just so you guys understand, we're talking about walking. It's really strict. It means walking. You can't have both feet off the ground at one time. No. So 10, you said 1040? Yep. A 1040 pace, if you don't know what that means, that means you are walking so fast, it's hard to believe. I think the average person that doesn't know, isn't familiar with this, they get up and they walk fast. They're probably doing 16-minute miles when they're just trying to walk fast. Like if people are doing a brisk walking pace, it's anywhere between 14, I would say 14 to 15-minute miles. Yeah, if they're really moving. Mm -hmm. This is like... 10, 11, 12 minute miles your team is doing. Yeah. I, my, my fastest time this last year was 11 15s. And, um, how was that? Well, I was dealing with some neck issues at the time. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it was interesting, but I felt pretty good when I was walking because race walking is very smooth. You're supposed to be very graceful. Yeah. Um, your head bouncing. Like, it's your are rolling. Yes. Yeah. And I got a lot of compliments on my form because I was trying so hard to keep my neck steady and it really helped. <laughs> oh yeah. I bet. So, okay. So that's a relay. Um, there's another relay that our company has done um, called the Cascade Lakes Relay. It's similar to the to the Hood to Coast. It's massive. Um, it's a lot smaller, but you're, it's the middle of the night. It's crazy. There's these vans. You're passing the baton. It's like madness. It's madness. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a race walking with a team, which is cool and totally different dynamic than just race walking. So right. talk so about I've the difference. Talk about the difference. Yeah. I- yeah. Yeah. And so, um, when it comes to like race walking a half marathon, um, my best time was, a was two hours and 37 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that was the down and dirty half in Bend, Oregon. And that was actually on off trails. So there was sometimes I was forced to run cause there's just no way to maintain proper stride on boulders. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that was a pretty decent pace. Um, and I felt pretty good about that. I'm never doing that race again. It was very, very difficult. They gave yeah. me a mug and I'm like, I'm never drinking out of this mug. I'm putting this in my China cabinet. Yeah. Uh, probably done, do it again. Yeah. I've done that. No, I don't think so. The hippie chick half was fun. Um, it, you know, half marathons are great because okay. Half marathon, that's 13.1 miles and it's, it's challenging, but yeah. you know, you get out, you find your stride and race walking is unique. Still a lot of people yeah. don't. And they look at you, you know, your buns are kind of, you know, their buns are doing the thing. And they're like, what are you doing? Everybody laughs. But then as you pass the runners, when they start yeah. getting tired, people start paying attention. Yeah. So uh, if, so if you did a, a two hour, 30 minute half marathon, what's your, what do you think your mile, what was your mile pace? So I, I think I remember that my overall pace for that race was like an 1140. Yeah. That's so if you're asking me on that, that's what I remember. Yeah. So if you're out there with, um, in a non-competitive half marathon, you're going to be faster than probably just the average half marathon, probably 50 to 60% of the runners. Mm-hmm. And that's why I encourage the runners. Like if you like to run, 
you should still learn some race walking forms so that when you have to slow down and take a breather and you're walking and you're just kind of trudging along, if you can implement a little bit of race walking form, you're going to increase your overall time because runners can walk, but walkers cannot run. Right. We are not allowed to run, but runners are allowed to walk. Right. So the nice thing is, is you can kind of, if you're running uh, a long distance like that, you can leverage learning some race walking mm-hmm. technique to um, get past cramps, um, yeah. get, get, get past the fatigue of a steep hill. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want maybe if you're running and you push to the top of the hill, but then you're like, man, I don't want to injure myself. I don't want to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, instead of just walk and kind of, let me implement some good for, race walking form to kind of keep my pace reasonable, but also take a little bit of a break. But at the same time, if you're race walking, it's not really a break. So what, here's what I would say about race walking, cause I'm a runner and I've done a couple race walking events now and it's freaking frustrating because you can't run. You're not allowed to run. So let's say you're race walking. And for me, when I'm going my fastest race walking pace, it's like 13. I don't even remember. Do you remember? It's like 13 something. No, you were doing 12s. High 12s. 30s or 12 15s. High 12s. Mid 12, high 12s. So for me, I'm walking as fast as I can. And it's even can be painful. I'm like walking. And there's somebody like, I don't know, 50 feet in front of me for six miles and I can't catch them. I can't. And I could take like 15 or 20 jogging strides and pass them and you're not allowed to do it. So for me, it's just this horrible mental problem of seeing the competition just there and not being able to do anything about it because my form isn't very good. I'm not very good race walker. So it's just, it's interesting, but I can tell you right now, it's not like a relaxing stroll. Like, it's brutal. It takes a lot of concentration. And and I think that's one of the other things I enjoy about the race walking stride. Every year, I focus on a couple of pieces of it and work on improving a couple pieces of it. And I've written a course for people who want to learn how to do it. And called walking as a workout. And each week you get a couple more pieces of the form and you add those pieces to your walk. Right. But I have spent years working on the pieces and that's what keeps it interesting. And it keeps my mind focused. It's hard to think about any other stress in my life when I am focusing on the form of race walking. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so race walking is an interesting thing. It's actually, um, it's in the Olympics now, right? It's been an Olympic sport, yes, for a long time. So yeah. it is an athletic event. Uh, Olympic race walkers pull off about eight minute and 30 second miles. Which is, I don't even know how that's possible, but they do it. They're like, yeah. it's like their joints become disconnected and they're just like, it's yeah, crazy. it's crazy. Um, <laughs> so let's just talk about walking. Let's talk about, so there's race walking. And I would just encourage you, even at, even though I'm a runner, I would encourage you, you should check out the course that we have. You can find out more about it uh, at fit2b.com, F-I-T, the number two, the letter B.com. Check it out. There's also tons of information Beth's written just about walking. It's totally mm-hmm. free on that website. Check that stuff out. And the reason I would say that even if you're a runner or even if you're not a runner or a walker is it really can benefit you to understand some of the basics 
when you're in the middle of a run. It also can help you if you want to get fit, you want to get in shape and running bothers you um, or you don't like it, uh, but you want something more serious than just going for a walk. Right. Uh, It can be very, very valuable. But let's just talk about walking, Beth. So walking is like the magical fitness in some ways. Yes. Because almost anyone can do it, right? Like not everyone. There's some people with some problems, some health issues or disabilities. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. people can get out there and walk. Yeah. There's people with problems. (laughs) I mean, you know, not everyone can. And it's good to be respectful of that. But most people that don't can. Yes. Uh, I have learned just in terms of regular walking and being a core and pelvic floor fitness specialist, how powerful walking is, just a regular walking, long arms, swinging your arms, long strides, eyes on the horizon, after a chill stroll, is amazingly beneficial for your belly muscles and your pelvic floor diaphragm, um, that final frontier in your bum, those last set of muscles that hold everything up and in, that set of muscles is naturally stretched and strengthened when you're walking. So the the action of striding and the way the pelvis moves and the way your femurs move, um, it just works and flexes and nourishes and pulls and presses all the pelvis. So, and it's amazing. So you're saying, so, so walking, a lot of times people think, okay, I'm, I'm using my feet. I'm using my legs, maybe my shoulders. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, no, they're using, they're using so much more. And in fact, when I've done belly checks in the community, I, I do a lot of presentations and talk to groups. And one of the groups I checked was in this rural community where the women had lots of babies. And I, I went into this community expecting in my own bias to find wider diastasis gaps and, um, and hear about more pelvic floor trouble. And I, in fact, had the opposite experience. I'm feeling their bellies. And this woman who had had 10 children, nothing, she did not, she had the regular space between two knuckles that we talk about. That is not diastasis. That's a regular little, little dip in your belly muscles where the two sides come together. Um, and I, I looked at her and I was like, you're, you're really in good shape. What do you do? And she said, I just walk. I just always walk. As soon as I have, I just take them for walks. I take my kids where we go for walks every day. So, so cool. And then I, I was like, Okay. And all the rest of you guys, what do you guys do mostly? And they're like, we walk and I'm all, they don't live near a gym. They're not doing the crunches. They don't have good internet. So they're not doing all these internet based stuff. Now fit to be, we provide tummy safe fitness so that people who are on the internet and don't have a gym and don't live where they can walk very well. And it rains all the time. They can work out at home without making their gaps worse. But these ladies are just walking and there was not a single diastasis in this group. Now that's purely wow. anecdotal. I know. Yeah. But. Yeah. So let me just, let's just touch on that real quick. Cause not everybody listening might know um, real quick. Let's talk about diastasis. If you're not sure what it is, you need to check out our website. We also have another podcast on it, but Beth, can you touch on it real quick in these belly checks? Like what are you talking about? Okay. So, um, diastasis is a wider than normal separation in the space that is connecting the connective tissue that holds the two sides of your abdominal wall together. 
So it's supposed to stretch and, and have some give to it for things like sneezes and coughing and having babies. Um, but sometimes it gets so stretched out and held stretched out for far too long that it's like over bands and it doesn't, it doesn't come together. And when it gets really thin, it can herniate and get holes right. in it. Right. So, um, when I do belly checks in the community, I give lectures and talk to women about this stuff. Um, what I'm feeling for is how wide, how long from top to bottom and, and what the connective tissue feels like if it's thick or if it's really thinned out. Um, and then I'm referring them out for physical therapy right. and like that. So basically, um, this is a serious problem that a lot of people don't realize they have. You should, whether you think yeah. you have it or not, you should go do some research on it. But the thing that ties into this podcast is walking is good for that. Walking is very good for that. Um, and you know, it's possible to walk with even stroll with not very good form. We can kind of slump along. We can lean into our strollers. We can push the cart funny. Um, so we're talking about long lean and lifted as my colleague Kelly at the time would say, you know, strong, empowered, elongated torso, strongly swinging arms. Yeah. That kind of walking is what we're talking about. Yeah. So good. So good. I also think, um, I'm just going to say it like people, you, you should walk. There's mm-hmm. not an excuse for you to not walk. Yeah. And it, there's a biomechanist, Katie Bowman from nutritious movement. Um, she also has the aligned and well site, I think is what it used to be called. She's a big advocate of walking and, and she's the one that I, she had a event called understanding your pelvic floor going beyond kegels. And she spent like an hour talking about walking and how it plays in and how we as a society have outsourced a lot of our walking. We, we drive, we ride, we cycle. Yeah. And that stuff takes away our opportunities to just walk. And it's good. Like it's a good overall healthy kind of activity. It's also good for all the stuff that we know we should be doing. It's good for weight loss. I spent a lot of time traveling to places like New York Mm -hmm. and in New York, people are skinnier. And one of the reasons, the biggest reasons is, is because they commute on their feet. (laughs) Yep. Uh, that a lot of people walk sometimes a couple of miles every single day commuting. Rain, and Japan is the same snow, way. Snow, sleet, so, super hot summers, mm-hmm. they're walking. It just becomes part of the lifestyle. Um, and I think that we get so like automated, like you're saying, we're, we're outsourcing our walking that we kind of lose touch with some of these basic things that are super obvious and kind of silly that we don't do. And you really should make time for it. Um, and, and sometimes maybe you should walk someplace instead of drive there or ride there and, uh, and give yourself a little bit of extra time. It's going to lower your stress. Also going to make you a healthier person. So let, so let's say someone's listening to this Beth and they're like, yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm always so bored or how do I get into that? what would you say to them? And maybe they don't even want to get into race walking. Maybe they just want to start walking. What do you think? Well, there's the standard cliche of park a little further from the store. Mm-hmm. And you also have all the people that are trying to rack up steps <laughs> on their little pedometer. Yeah. And that is beneficial. Um, we need more movements, but I would say that you just can't replace a good daily stroll. Um, for me, 
right now what that looks like is going to get my mail. My mailbox is not just right outside. My mailbox is down the road a little bit. And so I can choose to pick up that mail in my car on my way in. And sometimes I do. But more often than not, I choose to walk down and get it. And it's not a long distance, but it gets me outside. It gets me some vitamin D. It gets me some fresh air. It gets me some motion. That motion usually propels other motion. I end up doing a little bit more after that. Sometimes I'll do an extra lap out and back. And that matters. And, you know, the weather doesn't always cooperate, but working a walk into your day as much as you can, short or long, don't be a dictator with yourself about distance. Yeah. Just go. Just go and do it. Mm-hmm. Just go and do it, and um, and you'll you'll benefit from it. So, um, so it's interesting. So we talk about race walking. We talk about relays. We talk about just regular walking. What else should people be thinking about when they're just getting up off the couch and starting to move? Like what? Like what should they be thinking about? Is it can can they injure themselves walking? Like they need to pay attention to things. What do you think? What's your advice? I think that there definitely is a potential for injury with walking, but it's not going to come from where people might think. Um, I think people need to be looking at their shoes and yeah. they need to be looking at their feet. They need to be looking at how they're walking. Like, do you walk with your toes turned out or your toes turned in? Really try to walk heel through the middle toe. Get your toes pointing forward, even if that feels funny for you. If you've spent a lifetime walking like a duck, okay. Yeah. And that means you've trained your inner thigh muscles to act like your quadriceps, and your quadriceps are now acting like your outer thigh muscles, right? Right, It's going to feel like things are twisting, but they're not. And you're going to have to do some retraining and your feet are your platform. So taking care of them, if you're in a shoe that has any type of a lift in it, any type of a heel, whether it's a half inch to an inch to an inch and a half or two inches, that's going to change how your body is compensating and curbing itself to stand back up again. Right. And that's going to affect what muscles you're using when you're walking. It's going to affect how you feel after you walk. It's going to affect your arches. It's going to affect the balls yeah. of your, it's going to affect so many things. So um, we have a foot and hands routine on fit to be that you actually sitting down and doing several foot exercises to strengthen your feet, but also looking ahead one or two years to the next shoes you buy. And this is also something that Katie Bowman really advocates for. And I'm totally on the bandwagon with this and have gradually changed my shoes. To feel because our feet are designed to feel and to sense and to mold. Yeah. And I have talked about this too, flexible shoes and how they affect your fitness. Cause if you're putting your foot in a really stiff shoe that doesn't bend and doesn't let your feet work, your feet are going right. to, it's like yeah. walking around in a cast all the time. Right. So, so, so keeping in mind, so at a high level, basically what, what I would recommend to people is if you're going to do a lot of walking, don't do it in running shoes. No. You should get some walking shoes. Um, right. And then Beth's written about this. You can find information about all the different kinds of shoes. Yeah, just Google fit to be shoes or fit to be walking. <clears throat> because um, a running shoe, a lot of times running shoes, and there's lots of different opinions on types of shoes and all these things, but just at the basic core, running is this, running shoe is going to assume you're running on the balls of your feet. And if you're walking, you're not. So the shoe is not necessarily set up for that per mm-hmm. se. We yeah, don't even dig into very much heel strike oriented. And the thing I hear the most from people is, um, well, but I, I have collapsed arches or I have really high arches or I've, I've had plantar fasciitis. Um, I have really high arches and I've dealt with shin splints and some plantar fasciitis. I've also had knee surgery a long time ago. 
Um, I firmly believe that if my feet had not been so casted during those phases of my life, I may not have ended up with those issues Um, because my knees and my feet are so much stronger now, but it took time to get into a better shoe that would let my feet do what they're designed to do. Yeah. So it it wouldn't not this we say the same thing for bellies that fits for feet as well. And that is if we were designed to fall apart this fast, that wouldn't be a good evolutionary design and it wouldn't be a good creationary design. Okay. Mm-hmm. If if we have babies and fall apart, or we go for a run and fall apart, or we go for a long walk and we fall apart. Well, what what is wrong? What is between mm-hmm. the design, us and the earth? the shoes and the concrete and all this stuff that we humans have put in the way of where our bodies are connecting with the earth. And so getting those things as much out of the way as possible while still protecting our feet and honoring our limitations, because you may have those things. So getting a shoe that supports those things at first, but then doing physical therapy, doing strengthening exercises, doing some stretches Mm -hmm. that will gradually improve that situation is huge. Right. So your fitness will be in two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. So if I was going to summarize, somebody wants to get into it. I was going to summarize you're, you're saying, first of all, just do it. Just do it. Just walk. Um, if you miss days, don't beat yourself up and go walking. Just yeah. get up back out there and go walking. Yeah, if you're going to be walking a lot um, or you're going to take it seriously, you're not even talking about speed walking. You're just going to be walking, get some good walking shoes. Yeah, your feet deserve it. You deserve it. If you enjoy walking, take care of your feet. Do it. It's important. Um, Now, I wouldn't recommend going and spending $150 on walking shoes when you haven't gone for a walk yet. So, But definitely you owe it to yourself to have the right equipment to support what you're doing. And there's a lot of resources out there that can help you with that. But make sure that you do it. And then um, as you're doing this, if you want to get into race walking, it's a super beneficial thing to do. It's, it's very healthy. It's a good exercise for total body fitness. Even though a lot of times people think, you know, walking, how can that be that helpful? It's really, it's uh, surprising. Do you Uh, think that that's, that people are surprised because they don't need a lot of equipment because it is like really all you need is shoes and glide. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now that you said it real quick, what is glide? Yeah, you know, you just need shoes. You, you said walk. it. But if you're going to race walk, you need shoes and glide. <laughs> you know what? We're not even going to get into glide. Yeah, Go we are. It up. If you don't know what it is, look up the glide. It's for the places where the sun don't shine. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, um, make sure you have the right stuff to support what you're doing. Yeah, so you don't come out of it more injured than you started. You don't want it like it's not supposed to be painful and miserable when you're taking care of yourself and doing fitness. Yes. So make sure you're doing it well. So if what you're doing makes you walk like a chicken for the next three days <laughs> with your wings up and your legs wide. That's not good. Well, that might be humorous. It's not really desirable. Um, any last thoughts on walking, Beth? I know you absolutely love it. You do it pretty seriously. What? Any other thoughts on it? Well, I just want to emphasize again, the restorative nature of walking, that it's not, it's beneficial for your fitness, but it's not just for fitness mentally, um, getting out and seeing things beyond the walls that we live in casting your eyesight's also good for your eye muscles. But, um, when I've, when I've gone through surgery, 
one thing that's impressed me is on the to-do list, the surgeon's always like, you need to walk. You need Mm -hmm. to walk because it gets your bowels going and it also gets your circulation going. It helps your body get toxins. And this is what my surgeon said. They're like, as soon as you can get up and walk. Yeah. I think it says a lot because you're in a limited, um, after surgery, you're in the kind of this limited state where you really can't do a lot of things. And for the, for the surgeon to say, one of the most important things you need to do is start walking tells a lot mm-hmm. about how it's related to your health and overall, cause you're not getting surgery on your toe, but he's still saying walking is super important, yeah. right? Like the surgery, surgery you're talking about is, is a neck surgery. So oh. it's like, you know, a lot of people might not even see what, how that would be related. Right. But well, and I, I also, I also want to, um, in case anybody's watching this, I have this super, this super girl shirt on and you might be wondering, and I, this feeds into walking for two reasons. I'm not being pretentious here. Um, in the Cascade Lakes Relay, there was a costume leg and I hear rumors they're going to maybe deal with Portland, the coast where there's a certain leg, like leg 22. And if you wear a costume, you can win prizes. And so people are walking in the tutus and the Superman outfits and dressing up as beer kegs or whatever it is they do. They do some weird stuff. Yes. I, there was a naked elf uh, on <laughs> one year. Oh, and I naked. Yeah. He did not have very much on. He was dressed up as a Santa elf. And Pretty I like stopped walking. I was so shocked. I stopped walking and I took a picture. <laughs> And that's and then, saying a lot um, for you because you don't stop and take pictures. No, I don't. I don't but have if time. If you see to a that. naked elf, you're going to stop and take a picture. I was just like, am I? Am you I owe it to your smartphone to take a picture. Oh yeah, I wasn't sure if I was imagining things because you know you get really hot and dehydrated sometimes. Anyways, um, then the other thing is, you know, we're we're actually doing this podcast. It's a uh, it's Halloween, and so I'm taking my kids out to get, get goodies tonight with some friends and um, we're not really big into Halloween. And so we don't do it full bore, but we got invited to go out and do this neighborhood and, and we're going to be walking two or three miles. Yeah. And um, so I am dressing up as Superwoman, and yeah. I'm going to be thinking about my form and toes forward and good alignment. And that, that session, that real life going out in the neighborhood to me, that's going to be my workout today. I'm counting that. Yeah. And my walk. Well, it's a good workout. Fueled by Milky Way. Yes. <laughs> so, no, we don't ever eat candy around here. I hope not, because no. that wouldn't be healthy. That would not. We don't know. <laughs> well, that. thank you. If you're, um, if you, if this is the first podcast you're listening to, I encourage you to subscribe to our other podcasts. We're talking about real things all the time related to your health. Um, tons of good content there. I would also encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel um, and visit our website. There's a lot of free resources at fit2b.com, F-I-T, the number two, the letter B.com. We also have some paid uh, information there. We've got some e-courses, tons of uh, valuable resources, um, membership to a fitness site. We even have a course about walking called walking is a workout. If you're interested at all about walking, I would go check that out for sure. Um, if you have questions, let us know, join our Facebook community. We will answer those questions. We might even use those questions in podcasts. So Mm -hmm. definitely want to stay connected to us. Um, and thanks for your time today until next time, get out there and walk. You wanted to say something. I I did that your download. We have an audio download too. 
Oh yeah, we have an audio download. We're building more of them as well. Super quick on that. It is a um, interval-based workout that can be used with walking, running. If you've got waterproof headphones, swimming, cycling, <laughs> uh, anything. Um, it's interval-based. It's about 35, 40 minutes long. It's a coaching audio workout that you can download, put on your music player, your phone, or whatever. It's, and that yeah. is with Chris. It is with Chris, Coach Chris, right there. It's yeah. Workout contribution to fit to be it's fabulous, and we're getting demands for more. So yes, he will. Yeah. We're we're doing more. We'll do more and more of those. This particular one's kind of an intermediate uh, interval training workout, and I encourage you to check it out. I think it's pretty good. The coach on there is brilliant. <laughs> but anyway, go check our stuff out. We have lots of valuable information for you guys. And until next time, um, get out there and do some walking. I think yes. you should go do that today, right now. Walk, walk. Go walk. Maybe you were walking while listening to the podcast, but if not, check out our other podcast and go for a walk right now. Okay. You will. I will. I should go. Bye. Have a good day.